Uh, let's go to Daniel chapter 3. You all know the, the story well. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, the reason pastor always takes time to uh, go to the word when we are ready to receive tithes and offerings is because it's worship. It's part of the worship service. And uh, we're not born knowing how to do everything in life, but we're not born again knowing the correct protocol for worship or how to bring ourselves or our tithes. So he always is so gracious to us as a congregation to teach us afresh um, on these subjects so that we can be blessed. Amen? So in Daniel 3, we know the story of uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which are his three very close dear friends who've been serving in the kingdom together. And uh, the king has a dream, remember, and Daniel interprets it, so he decides to erect a statue. And it ends up being about, uh, probably about 12 feet wide by um, six to eight stories tall, maybe 90, 90 to 120 feet. So not, not really big, but it's, it's taller than it is large. And he decides to erect a statue and that everybody is going to bow down and, and worship it. And so obviously everybody bows down. Now Daniel has is, is been uh, extricated from this requirement because he's somewhere else. He's second really only in the kingdom, so he's not present. And, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in the political service of the king, but not quite so high up as Daniel. So they're in the crowd, and they are part of the group that is ordered to bow, and we know that they refuse to bow, right? And so naturally, we can see the three people not bowing <laughs> in the crowd. So the king's like, um, bring him here. He's angry. The Bible says that his uh, visage or his face was enraged, which meant violent. So verse 13, Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury, because how dare anybody defy the order of the king, bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke unto them and said, is it true that you do not serve my gods nor worship the golden image that I have set up? And um, it, didn't, it didn't seem to, he waited for an answer in scripture, but he says, now if you're ready, like I'm going to give you another chance. At the time you hear the cornet, the flute, the harp, in other words, all their instruments play, um, you're going to bow down and worship. And if not, that same hour, that same moment, you're going to be cast into the fiery furnace. And then he says this, who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? In other words, I'm, I serve many gods, but I'm not aware. Basically, this is very amusing to me because he's saying, I serve many gods, but there's no God more powerful than me. <laughs> In other words, there's no God that I'm serving. What an oxymoron when we serve false gods. We made them with our own hands. We bow down and we worship. And yet again, we say in the New Testament, oh, we would never. Many people, their ball games, their Netflix, Walmart, their things, they are gods because they have them in place of God. And they may not literally bow and worship when you have something first place. That's the same thing. And so he's saying, there's no God that's powerful enough to deliver you out of my hand because I'm the most powerful person in the universe. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Now that word careful is not the same uh, as American English. It means, oh king, we don't need to think carefully about our politically correct answer to you because we're going to answer from convictions. Now they were respectful in their answer. It's never right to be disrespectful to authority, but they didn't have to go, let's talk and get our story straight and what shall we say? Like politicians have to do and go figure out what we're going to say that nobody knows what you said when you finish talking. Yeah. And so my, I was talking to my son the other day and he's like, mom, somebody gave me the PC answer. I'm like, what's PC mean? He's like, politically correct. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, those things are sometimes are lost on me. So in other words, they weren't going to have to ponder the PC answer. So they said, we're not careful. In other words, we have an answer right now. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able. In other words, if it be so that you're going to cast us into this furnace and it actually happens, our God is able to deliver us. He will deliver us out of your hand, O king. And then they say, if not, let it be known unto you, king, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image. In other words, our God is able and we believe that he'll deliver us. But if we go in and he doesn't deliver us the way we prefer with our bodies intact, we're still going to be with him and then we're delivered from you either way. So either way, O king, God can choose the method of our deliverance, but we're not bowing. Yeah, we prefer to stay and, and, and serve him. But if not, we're still delivered, right? So even if you leave the body, you're present with the Lord, and that's your best day yet. And so Nebuchadnezzar was obviously full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed. So I don't know what rage to extra rage looks like, but it was pretty bad. So he heats it seven times hotter, and the statue we know is only about 120 feet, but the flames historically are said to shoot 102 feet above the furnace level. So this is, this is hot. And then we know that the men... Um, that bound them, they were burnt up. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and what they were bound with, it says they were bound in their full clothing. They had undergarments on, they had outer robes on, then they had like a jacket they would wear. It was about a waistcoat, it was white, and turban. So lots of material to catch on fire here. So it would consume. And so then they're all bound up. And so you have to wonder if the men that were throwing them in were consumed, did they even throw them in? Or did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have to just hop over and throw themselves in? I mean, because like the guy, did he get burnt up or did he shove them in? And you know, you wonder, maybe they're just like, hey, let's just jump in because they died and we didn't. So, oh, well, let's go for it. And so, uh, and two, they, they fell from a great height. And so the king looks in and he says, um, therefore the king's command was urgent. The Nebuchadnezzar king was a stony. That means he was astonished. He jumped up and he said, did we not cast three men into this fire? And they said, true, O king. And he answered, I see four men walking loose. In other words, they don't have any bonds on them and they're walking around in the midst of this fire. Scared him so badly that this might be true. He wasn't astonished in the way of, oh, wow, that's cool. They didn't get burnt up because he saw the guys get killed thrown in. He was very concerned that it actually might be true that there was a God more powerful than him. So he says, uh, he gives the command. He said, they're not hurt. And the fourth is like the son of God. So obviously uh, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't acquainted with Jesus and the person as the son of God, but he was saying it's like Everything to him, any deity or anything supernatural would have been a son or a child or an offspring of a false god. So that's what he was saying. This is like the son of, son of, son of a god, one of the gods that I worship. He recognized that this person uh, appeared to be different. So he came near to the mouth of the furnace and obviously he hollered in above the flames and asked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to come out. Interesting too, how you're listening to this, that he approaches and they can hear him over the roar of a fire that's more massive than any furnace we think we've ever seen. It would like be an A-bomb, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So how, how did they hear? It's pretty supernatural with their, their audible ear. A lot going on in this situation. And the princes and the governors and the captains and the king's counselors, in other words, all of the White House, all of the politicians, the House, the Senate, the Repubs, the Dems, everybody was in witnessing this. And they all saw this. They gathered together these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. 
and they brought them forth, and they all approached to examine them, looked at them closely. These guys don't even smell like they were standing outside while the neighbor was smoking. Because, you know, anybody smokes around you or you've been to a restaurant, you smell like, you think, oh, this shirt's clean, I'm going to wear it again. You're like, okay, I like lasagna, but I don't want my shirt to smell like lasagna. So th they were in this furnace and they had no smell. Your hair picks it up, your clothes. And so all of them witnessed the fact, and he said, these men upon whose bodies the fire has no power. When you are in right standing with God and you are walking in the covenant financially and you're bringing your tithes and your offerings, your right standing, the fire of poverty will have no power on you. The fire will have no power upon your body is not just a matter of healing. Its weapons may form. They have permission, but they don't have permission to prosper unless you let it. So when we walk in covenant and we worship God and we say, God, thank you for the power that you gave me to get this 100% wealth. I give you 10% back and you multiply my 90 into my own future. The fiery darts of my enemy has no power upon my finances. So we can stand. Why were they so bold? They were in right standing with God. They said, we serve the most high God. We don't have to do everything right because Jesus did everything right. But we know we're in right standing. And if it costs us our life, so if you're like, if it's my last dollar, I tithe. Because if it costs me my life, God's first because I know he'll deliver me. Now, whether when we were at Raymond, we didn't have food to eat, and we were eating our last can of tomato soup. The woman in the, the Bible with Elijah eating her last meal, I understand that. Any of you ever been in a position where you were literally eating your last meal? And you did not know where the next meal was coming from. No resources, no social services, nowhere to go. You'd exhausted all your resources. This will be supernatural. We will enjoy this last can of tomato soup because we do not know. There is no ability to produce another one. No credit card space, nothing. And when you do that, you say, this is what I'm going to do, God. If we go out, we're going out in a blaze of glory. If I die, I will die in faith. Because the Bible says there is a wrong way to die and a right way to die. It's not wrong to die unless you die without faith. So even if you die early or die maybe in a way that you weren't planning or expecting or hoping, like me with salmonella poisoning Haiti, no, that's not glamorous enough. I'm going to at least need a spear through the heart or the back or something on my tombstone. <laughs> not some little, you know, amoeba that we've eradicated. Um, and so if you're going to uh, die, you're going to die in faith. So we don't have to be afraid of what God will or won't do. We're going to be, I'm the person, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not saved. They did not have the born-again, regenerated spirit and the life of God on the inside of them like you do. They were not full of the Holy Ghost. So we have a lot more faith and a lot more confidence. We, I don't care if this is my last meal, my last dollar, my last breath, my last doctor's visit. I'm still going to believe God until... Until what? It manifests in this life or I'm in the next life and that's even better. Yeah. So be the person that says the fire will have no power upon my body, upon my finances, upon my marriage, anything. Amen? Amen. Because if they can do that for an example to us, then we can follow that. Are you ready to worship the Lord with your tithes and offerings? Okay. All right, gentlemen, please serve the people. You guys go and, and get those Black Friday deals for these toys too. Let's bless these these kids. So, so that's, so if you need Christmas for your kids, that's the way to get it. You make sure it happens for somebody else.